0: Welcome to Voices to Dream. I am here with the amazing Suzanne Mann.
1: Hello everyone.
0: And I'm Dr Richard Anthony Harris, as opposed to the actor Richard Harris or yeah, the cave, Thai cave diver guy. No. He's taken over Google, that guy. Yeah, you definitely it's didn't ridiculous. save the, the
1: boys. In anyway, the I'm
0: Richard Anthony Harris. So we're here today with an amazing guest. I would reckon one of the most fascinating guests we've had, maybe not known as well as some of our guests in Australia, but she should be, and she's becoming more and more known in Australia. And I think she she's well well known in another country, um, more so than her current residence. And we want to I want to explore that relationship between a young person of brilliance who's come to a country as a young immigrant, and you know how that's impacted on herself, her family, her culture, and how she what she makes of 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 living in this fantastic Are country. Can you tell us her name? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Man. this is I'm where you're with Sadia Ahmed, who sadly is a resident of the other side of Australia, but Western Australia. But welcome, Sadia. Thank you so much for being with us, and I'm honoured that you're here chatting with us today. Thank you so much. I should also say, <laughs> however, that that Sadia is is a, a journalist. She's well known. In podcasting and just giving her opinion, basically, I think that's one of the best things that Sadia does is give great opinions Ooh. about sensible things. I'm
1: looking forward to hearing some opinions.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Sadia.
2: Thank you so much, Richard and Suzanne, and uh, thank you so much for such an amazing introduction. And I think uh, this introduction has made me feel so good about myself. <laughs> so many things that i would probably not think about so yeah thank you so much for such generous and beautiful introduction um thank you so much for having me on this podcast we are so, yeah, really looking forward to have a fun conversation with you both today
0: fantastic fantastic beautiful
1: well, now just, yeah should we start we as everyone knows we always like to start with a bit of a check-in just to see how everyone's how everyone on the panel here is going richard how are you checking in today
0: I'm pretty good. I, look, it's you know, I've got two of my favorite uh, people here with me tonight, so this is
1: good. Um, He's trying to butter us up.
0: <laughs> no, it's very nice. It's very nice. It's been a full day. I, I gave a talk to sixteen uh, people this morning, a probus meeting, and they they were great. It's funny. it doesn't have to be a hundred and fifty or three thousand people. You know, having a little audience is is good. I think like voices. No, no, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> oh! <laughs> We're building. We're building.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, yes, yeah, so I'm checking in pretty well. Um, shall we go to Ms. Sadia. Ahmed?
1: I think so. How are you? How are you checking in today, Sadia?
2: Uh, of course, I'm feeling great after this introduction. Oh, happy birthday! And uh, <laughs> I've had uh, a good day, a good productive day at uh, uni because um, I'm also a PhD student. So, so yeah, it was a good productive day and uh, we had beautiful sun here in first today, like most of the days. So yeah. It was pretty good. Yeah. Good. Very Sounds nice. Sounds like you're well, checking in pretty well.
1: Yeah, and that's made us a bit jealous here because yeah. we didn't have <laughs> we didn't have much sun here today in Sydney.
0: It's better <laughs> um, than average. Better than average.
1: Better than average. Yeah. It wasn't raining the entire <laughs> day. So yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: This Man, how are you checking in today? How
1: am I checking in? Um, Sadie, I don't know if you know, but I'm actually leaving the country in ten days. Like packing oh, up my okay. pack, packing up my whole family. Another
0: immigrant on the L- on
1: leaving the, to live
0: yeah.
1: in the Bahamas, actually. As you do.
2: That's pretty cool. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's so exciting. It is it is very exciting, but um, yeah, and I'm but I'm I've been a little bit of an emotional an emotional mess, probably. I think I probably say that in my check-in a lot lately. Um,
0: (laughs) I think every check-in.
1: Yeah, every. uh, yesterday I felt um, very overwhelmed all of a sudden. I've been handling it okay, and all of a sudden I felt completely overwhelmed and sort of paralyzed and felt like I couldn't do anything. So um, I did what every good daughter does, and I called my mom and I said, Mom, can you come and help me, please? and she's so amazing she drove down today and she came and helped me so um so i had a good day today and um yeah so that's that's, that's how i'm checking in i'm i'm getting there yeah but oh. i'm oh, very yeah. I, I am I'm, I'm really looking forward to talking to you sadia because i love hearing brand new stories um and i was as i was i actually was saying earlier that um I have tried to look Saadia up a lot of times and when I do she's always speaking a different language
0: <laughs> it's called Urdu I, I do believe
1: yeah yeah a, so is Urdu a, the the main language of Pakistan
2: uh well um because uh yeah it's a national language which most of the people in Pakistan speak not everyone but many people uh, do speak and understand Urdu uh, but then, because Pakistan is a post colonial state and we have been ruled by the British for 200 years. So, English is um, the official language and uh, it's also a medium of education. And therefore, when I moved here to Australia, everyone would be like, oh, you can speak in English. said, <laughs> yeah, because I went to English schools. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So, we're pretty uh, bilingual or probably trilingual. I would consider myself trilingual. Yeah. Wow. Okay.
0: Talking of yeah. stories, that's been a, a kind of major feature of your existence lately, Sadia. Can you tell us a little bit about your your life as a storyteller?
2: Uh, this is a very interesting question uh, because uh, as um, I do lots of things at the same time. I write, I do these podcasts, I do theater, and I also do the traditional storytelling. So I consider myself basically a storyteller because I think, like, even when we're talking right now, we're actually telling each other stories about our lives. So story doesn't always have to be, like, you know, once upon a time and then they lived happily ever after. Like, you know, they they can be different forms of stories. So I feel that... um, my creative expression is more of storytelling and interestingly um as i mentioned earlier that i am doing a phd as well um whatever i have to like you know whenever there's a presentation or i'm writing something which is very academic and of course a bit dry i can also sense storytelling in that Mm -hmm. so i think we're all storytellers in Mm -hmm. one way or the other Can I ask yeah. what's what's your PhD in? Uh, well, um, my PhD is in media, uh, creative arts, and social inquiry, which is a school. Um, but uh, my thesis is about uh, gendered harassment of Pakistani women public figures in social media. So it's something related to human rights, social media, gender, gender yeah. politics. Uh, you know, a mix.
1: Right. Yeah. Okay. And now, I know that Richard's going to know the answers to all of this stuff, but how, what brought you to Australia? And when did you come? When did you come? Are you out here with your family? What's What made you um, transition here?
2: Yeah. I think, um, yeah, it was actually an immigration, a skilled immigration, which Australia offers uh, to people from different parts of the world. Uh, yeah, and I, I moved here from Dubai. Before Dubai, I was in Pakistan, so yeah. And um, by the way, Sydney was my first uh, city in Australia. I lived in Sydney for nine months. She loves Sydney.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I love Sydney. She so what, what took you to Western Australia then? Work. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and uh, the plan for was always to uh, move back after four months, but then COVID happened and nobody could leave Western Australia. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and now because We're like trying. I've started my PhD and I have a life going on over here, so I think it's home for now.
1: Yeah.
0: So um, let's move away from from personal life,
1: okay, and
0: onto what um, what makes you uh, what drives you. You know, in this in your life. I mean, you are, you are a strong woman, strongly opinionated. You know where you want to go with things. Tell us about, <laughs> I mean, obviously the PhD subject is just kind of a big hint there, but what, mm-hmm. what drives you? Like you've, you've lived in these two different cultures. What, yeah. have, you, what have you noticed about the cultures? What, have you, um, you know, what do you want to change, <clears throat> say, even in Australian society, given what you've seen? Uh, and and obvious, obviously, yeah, in, I, obviously in Pakistani society as well, which is still very much involved with.
2: Uh, well, I think if I talk about the drive, because my area of interest has always been human rights. So I think social justice is something which drives me, and uh, whatever I've done so far is related to human rights and social justice. Um, and of course, like because the dynamics are completely different in Pakistan and Australia. Australia is a first world country, Pakistan is a third world country, and where we, we we're still dealing with lots of problems that probably people living in Australia wouldn't even imagine. But um but yeah, but I feel that this uh social justice is also an issue in Australia. There's so many things which are not talked about, there's so many things which are not spoken about. The narrative that we see on Australian media is, I think it's very, at times, it's very vanilla. There are so many layers within the society. There's so many things that need to be spoken about. But those things are completely um, brushed under the carpet. This is a personal opinion. Mm-hmm. there's so much going on in Australian society like for example uh, like you know there are so many issues related to gender for example I live in Western Australia and I know that in mining industry there, there are many women working in the mining industry now but then the discrimination those women are facing over there has it ever been talked about on the Australian media nobody knows about it no. mm-hmm. and um and yeah and so many other things so although the, the Australian society is seemingly progressive, but there's a lot more behind it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, now there is um, a lot of talk about uh, inclusivity. There's a lot of talk about, um, um, like, you know, about the uh, original owners of the land, but what's practically being done for them? Sometimes inclusivity and diversity, these are simply boxes that mm. you take. Mm-hmm. to look good yeah so yeah so I feel that social justice is also an issue here in Australia but we didn't talk about it
1: so is that your yeah. is that your goal because well you said you're doing media in that as well so is that your goal to yeah. basically to highlight these areas and and get discussions going about them
2: yeah of course Of course, that's my area of interest, because um, my podcast is also related to, my podcast was obviously, as you said, in a foreign language. Uh, My podcast is about uh, the human rights issues in Pakistan, which do not get space on the mainstream media. Mm -hmm. Similarly, I think that there are so many issues here in Australia, as we discussed earlier, which are not there on the mainstream media, because the mainstream media in Australia is owned by two people. Mm. and they, yeah and we only come across like you know what they want to show us mm. so i would definitely want to have the discussions which are neglected discussions which are important
1: mm-hmm.
2: but ignored or neglected in some way or the other
1: so yeah. so are you are going to be starting up an an australian version of your podcast as well then
2: i have been wanting to do it for such a long time
1: you've had people
2: i have you. been wanting <laughs> I have been wanting to do it for such a long time but somehow like because there's so many other things that I'm doing on site so so yeah like you know working out the logistics and planning it and all of that I think I've been a bit I don't know if um, I should call it being lazy or I should be like
1: maybe it's called being busy
2: (laughs) yeah maybe 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 it's like you know juggling too many things at the same time
1: yeah okay but we should keep an eye out we should keep an eye out for yeah, Sadia, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, of course,
2: you would be the first ones to know this. <laughs> Sadia, what? Um, I what uh,
0: on the Pakistani side of things? How how do you think that society, that culture, is ahead of our society in terms of, uh, uh, you know, is there anything that sort of sticks out that that that's just better done in Pakistan compared to Australia?
2: I think. Uh, Better or worse, it's a very subjective term. Yeah. And um, like, you know, we can talk about things that we see physically, perhaps we could talk about the infrastructure that we can say, okay, Australia's in- infrastructure is better than Pakistan. So many things like, you know, the opportunities that people get are a lot of things that can be seen with the naked eye. Yeah. Uh, but better or worse, I feel it's a very subjective term. But if I talk about um, media, I feel that... Like because that's my feel. So I feel that Pakistani media talks a lot about, like, of course, there's a lot going on in Pakistan. The human rights violations have reached another peak at the moment, but at least people are talking about it. Uh. It's not being um, like, uh, of course, we're not talking about everything over there. Uh, there's so many cases which probably do not even make it to the mainstream media, but at least like, you know, people do question and that questioning can also be because we have had this long history of resistance and oppression. Mm. So could would be mm. that. Mm. Yeah, but I, like, I feel that media is something which is different in both these yeah. countries. Yeah. And I feel that, um, and I also think that Australian society is very chilled out. Mm. <laughs> People don't even want to watch those things on media they don't want yeah. to talk about it it's not yeah. only about media it's about people because like you know it's, it's such good life here hmm. yeah. um you go to the beaches you have all the fun <laughs> you come back home you don't you don't need to question everything yeah. so yeah, so i think it's both ways yeah
1: so what and i am i am pretty ignorant about what's i'm very ignorant about what's going on in pakistan at the moment what what do we need to know? What 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 would you like the Australian people, to the and or any other listeners around the world to know about what exactly is going on in Pakistan at the moment?
2: Ah, uh, okay. Now this is also a very uh, interesting question, and I need to think about it. Okay, so one thing. Okay, so one thing is that it's not a monolithic society. Like every society has layers, so is Pakistan. So normally, whenever we talk about Pakistan or when we talk about women in Pakistan, it is just painted in one light, and it is perceived that all pe- all people living in Islamic countries live the same lives, but that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'll give you an example. Um, uh, somebody here in Australia asked me that: Do women drive in Pakistan? Like, can they drive? Mm-hmm. they have the right license or whatever and it was like in 1988 we had a woman prime minister we have women in policy ever since mm-hmm. so this is something which has which and it, it doesn't even happen in Saudi Arabia anymore so like you know so it's, it's not a monolithic society mm-hmm. and uh, of course on the gender gap index we are on the 178th number at the moment which is pretty bad but it does not mean that, like, you know, all Pakistani women are oppressed, they don't have the access to the education or mm. all that stuff. So, so yeah, it's, it's not a monolithic society. And um, yeah, I think this is something that I would yeah. want people living in Australia to know.
1: Fair enough. No, so, yeah. no. And, and I, I, I get that too. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, because I, I think that, as you say, sometimes we are so sheltered in our own little bubble. And you're not choosing to, you know, it's, it's whether you're listening to what's going on outside the bubble or not. Well, my mm. daughter actually said to me yesterday, she said, you know, if I listen to, like, the Channel 9 or 7 news, I find out why that police car just went by. But <laughs> but if I listen to the SBS news, all they talk about is Russia, Mom. So... <laughs>
2: yeah, that, that's such an intelligent thing to say.
1: <laughs> but she could... it me. She, she could see the difference there. And I sort of went, yeah, that's true. But she she actually sort of yeah. said to me, is there somewhere in the middle, Mom? <laughs> what can we listen to that's in the middle?
2: Mm. Yeah, that's, that, that, that's so true. That's so true. Now,
0: yeah. Sadia, you were very kind to me. Uh, 2020 and were one of my most fantastic beta readers of Imagine. <laughs> And not only did Sadio answer questions <laughs> that were supplied, but she actually wrote like a whole chapter on each chapter. And <laughs> amazing feedback and amazing kind of detail and um, a, lot of, a lot of great stuff. So I wanted to thank you personally mm-hmm. for that input. And uh, it was very much appreciated. Um, we do a little segment where our sponsor, <laughs> Imagine, comes up.
1: I'm still yet to figure out how the book is sponsoring us, but
2: I'm not going to I think it's it's a very smart way of plugging the book. It's not a plug, is it? No, no, it's not a plug. Okay. So
0: (laughs) I I wanted to read a a, um, a little piece from the first chapter and just get your reaction and just see what you make of it and see. This is set in a mosque in Afghanistan. And it's a, there's a few funny things going on in this mosque because it's not really a mosque anymore and it's, it's transformed into a place of learning and a place of joy and a place of discussion. Um, so mm-hmm. I'll just read a little bit from it and just see what, what you make of it. So strange he thought to see a culture turned around so quickly. No more was there a question of women being inferior or beholden to the men. The obvious confidence and expectations of the females was exhilarating and the men had thrown their cultural barbarity into the fire and had learnt that now an equal footing, total respect and a listening heart created much better relationships and partnerships in life. This meant that their children would be brought up in a house of discussion, compromise, negotiation and equal rights. Joe could not have imagined a more enlightening conversation than this. He was able to shed tears of joy. Mark and Amanda found themselves involved in an exploration of traditional tribal dance. I think you liked Amanda. I thought you, you thought she was. An I
2: angel. did. Yeah. Mm. And now, now I can recall Amanda. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Before yeah. long yeah. Yeah. they yeah. were wheeling each other about in a mad frenzy of twirls and steps, trying to copy the locals. Amanda was more skilled in keeping up with the syncopated drumming while Mark couldn't stop laughing as exhaustion started to overcome his initial enthusiasm. They formed a circle and they go and they dance and they learn yeah. the tribal dance. So, yeah, what do you make of, of that happening in a mosque in Afghanistan?
2: I think, uh, yeah, because imagine is about, uh, it, 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 it is about A world that we would all ideally want to have so so yeah and i I think that imagine like um it's 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 like um it's like a utopia Hmm. so something like this happening in a mosque would like at the moment if you talk about it that would be like you know you would be sentenced under blasphemy (laughs) so but in an imaginary world where the world that you imagine to be perfect
0: so yeah. Mm. Maybe not yeah. So the the idea of um you were saying that Pakistan was 178th in gender gap. Yeah, um, yes. This is a world where there is no gender gap in the mm. whole world. How yeah. do you how do you kind of picture that in Pakistan? And you know, what where where does that take take us? Uh.
2: Yeah, I think it's pretty beautiful to have a world where we don't have discrimination on the basis of gender, race, religion, uh, socioeconomic status, or anything. So, but yeah, but then then there's one thing that when I talk about uh, Pakistan being on 178th number in the gender gap index, there are so many things that uh, account for that. Because these indexes are also uh, designed on the basis of certain parameters. And those parameters, I feel that at times, those parameters are based on, uh, yeah, based on the Western standards and based on the Western sensibilities. And the Western sensibilities do not always, uh, those are not always authentic in uh, the global South. So, yeah, I'm sorry I've taken this discussion again to my PhD. <laughs> kind of, which so uh, certainly about. this podcast is not about. So, so yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, like, yeah, like you know, because, because I also see there are so many gender discrimination issues which I see in the first world countries. Like, for so, example, what recently happened in the US. Yeah. So, like, you know, the country, like, what happened with the, the abortion law. So yeah. So taking so it so to women the are in around the world. Hmm. Yeah.
0: So t- taking it to the religious side, away from the gender, mm-hmm. just for a sec. How does that? Mm-hmm. I know it's a sensitive topic, and, and you know I, I appreciate you not necessarily wanting to to spill the beans on on that. But what what do you? How do you? see that as a a concept where people take the best of religion or best of spirituality around the world and not necessarily have to belong to a particular. And is is that a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, as a concept.
2: I think uh, being a Pakistani woman uh, who also keeps visiting the home country, I would prefer not to talk about it, mm. but yeah, in an ideal let's world, about, let's people... talk about
0: Christianity then. Should we get rid?
2: No, of no, no. I, I, also <laughs> I, I also wouldn't say anything about Christianity. Um, I feel that um, in an ideal in an ideal world, people can retain their religious identities and yet learn to respect each other. Yet, like you know, just be. Like, for example, like, you know, um, you know, Australia, um, we, as, as I mentioned earlier, well, I haven't mentioned in the podcast, I've, I've mentioned it to Richard before, that um, it was Eid yesterday. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so why can't, like, you know, why can people have Christmas? Why can people have Eid? Why can people have Diwali? And, you know, learn to coexist. Yeah. You don't really need to erase your religious identity or your whatever identity you have Mm. for example like you know I'm I take pride in being a woman so why do I need to erase my gender identity Mm. in order to be acceptable in whatever work that I'm doing for example like you know we have stereotypes about certain uh, professions and like women shouldn't be very feminine when they are in certain professions, why not? Why can't we retain our gender identity and still uh, like, you know, give our best? Why mm-hmm. can't we retain our religious identities? Or why can't like, you know, for example, I come from Pakistan and I would always be, I, that is always going to be a strong part of my identity. Even, even if I live here mm-hmm. for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. So people can have, like you know, they can retain their identities mm-hmm. and still learn to coexist and probably learn from each other. Or, yeah. Like you know, and be a part of, um, like you know, each of these festivals and everything.
1: See, th- this mm. is it. I mean, personally, I find that so exciting. I actually, I saw that someone on there was a message on Twitter or something today where someone said mm. um, yesterday was. Am I saying it right? Eid. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yesterday,
1: yeah, was, yesterday yeah. was Eid, but no one wished me happy Eid, mm. and I sat yeah. there thinking. I don't know anything about it. I wish I actually I was thinking, yeah. well, I wish you'd tell me about it because I would love to know more about it. What what is Eid, Sadia? Is it something uh, you say? So- do you say Happy Eid? I don't even know.
2: Yeah, you can say Happy Eid, but we normally say Eid Mubarak. So Mubarak is actually an Arabic word which means uh have a blessed Eid basically. Ah. So yeah, so we have um, like Eid comes twice a year. So the first Eid, um, that happens after Ramadan. Right. And uh, that ha- that happens after Ramadan, like when Ramadan ends, uh, it's Eid and it's all about eating sweet stuff. So basically, <laughs> <laughs> basically we eat all day long and uh, th- and after 2 months and 10 days of the first eid which is called eid al fitr we have this eid which is called eid al- um adha eid azaya yeah, which which happened uh, a day before and this is all about meat oh. it can be uh, it can be a vegan's nightmare <laughs> but it's all about meat. <laughs> it's all about meat and yeah yeah so there are two Eids.
1: So for done? both eids you say Eid Mubarak though. Yeah. Yeah. We so do. one one is then you're having sweets and one you're having meat.
2: Yeah, like um, actually I also have, because I um have stopped taking sugar which I should be very happy about it. <laughs> Thank That's you. So good, I have <laughs> Yeah, this is something that I should have mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. So I normally did not take sugar, but just today it was ease and although that eve, this ease was all about meat, but I had lots of sweet stuff because I know I wouldn't be eating it for the rest of the year.
1: Okay. So
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's more about meat this particular eve. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Yeah.
2: Do you
0: feel more Aussie or these days? Or are you are like are you Aussie or are
2: you what what are you? oh this is, this is a very interesting question <laughs> i think i'm pakistani i would always have that as a part of my identity but then australia is home as well mm. so maybe i have two homes now nothing wrong with that yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah cool yeah so i have two homes
1: so sorry now that i I, it just made me think do you actually so then christmas time say for example when you're in a country like australia Mm -hmm. where everything ends up being Christmassy, do you do anything at christmas time
2: enjoy the holiday
1: yeah so it's
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah probably like you know wake up a little late or go for a road trip or enjoy the holiday yeah so yeah and, and and i love christmas festivities i love how everything turns and all the lights and all of that yeah so yeah i i do enjoy it but i would i i don't do something specific for it okay. and interestingly i also do not like even on, like this time because Eve was on a weekend therefore we could do something but normally we don't do much on Eve as well right yeah, okay. because it's not a holiday.
1: Okay, so we're not going to see you on the beach in Western Australia with a Santa hat and like red and white bikini or something for Christmas this year?
2: (laughs) Probably not. I would be sleeping in. (laughs) (laughs) I would be sleeping in because um, actually um, in Pakistan, we have around eight months of summer. Mm. So we people from Pakistan, we're not really fond of summer. Because we, we have seen it all our lives and we do not have really good memories of summer. Therefore, when, and, and, and I, I know it's something very like in you know, a non Aussie to say, uh, I don't really enjoy summer and Christmas comes in summer. So yeah. I wouldn't be going out, I wouldn't be stepping out before six o'clock in the evening or something like that.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah and so, it's, it's really funny because um like uh uh here in wa um the winter is wet and rainy and all of that and in pakistan and in india we love rain because in our case rain comes after the summer so it's a monsoon season where we have two months of rain and rain is romanticized and it's considered something beautiful so, or so our love songs and many things are around rain but when you start living here and um, if it's a wet winter, <laughs> that's a bit different. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, but, but, I, but I still yeah. like rain. Yeah, I still like rain because I think that's something which I have liked for 30 years. So yeah, yeah. I still like
0: it. Sadi, yeah. you, you're out there in the Western Australian community telling some stories. Can you give us a bit of an example of what sort of stories you, you're telling to the community?
2: Um. Actually, I, uh, when I moved here to Perth for the first six months, I wouldn't even go outside because I was working with a magazine which was based in Dubai and I was working like, you know, kind of six days a week, something like that. So I did not, and besides, I think mentally I was still in Sydney. And I used to miss Sydney a lot at that time. But then they came into, well, when the pandemic happened uh that magazine was closed and like i lost my job at that time then that was the time when i knew that i had to go out and explore what's happening here at first
0: mm.
2: so i came across this really amazing place center for stories um and uh this is how my storytelling here started i've done uh, many storytelling events with them where like one of my storytelling was about uh, how the pandemic affected affected me personally mm-hmm. um similarly um uh, yeah it's different stories and the stories are mostly personal because that's the format of center for stories so we oh. mostly talk about our own stories
1: yeah
2: and uh, yeah oh. so it's it,
1: this place center for stories sorry yeah it's it's of a... course i
2: add fiction to it <laughs>
1: I miss that. I could I couldn't hear what you're saying. I'm sorry. Right. So of course
2: I do add some bit of fiction to it.
1: Oh, right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. So, well, is it a um is Center for Stories a place where you it's all about spoken stories or is it writing stories or is it just is it getting up? Right? writing stories as well. Oh, okay. Yeah,
2: it's also about it's also about writing stories. And Center for Stories is um I think it's um like considering Western Australia, which is predominantly um, a white uh, part of Australia, perhaps like in Sydney and Melbourne, you have it's 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 more multicultural. Right. But Western Australia is a bit different in that way. But center the stories, um, they promote people who come from linguistically or culturally diverse backgrounds. Are uh, um, even like you know people who are here from Australia, they. They encourage stories which are different, the stories that are not really spoken about. For example, things related to gender, things related to identity, stories of domestic violence, and yeah, different stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, and yes, they're also into written stories because uh, like recently um, I have worked, uh, I have given a piece for an anthology. Uh, which also is a story from my life and um, they promote writers all the time in the past I've also done a residency with them and uh, yeah so they do uh, different programs for writers
1: so is there a way that our listeners can read some of your writings
2: oh okay (laughs) of course they can Um, probably I can give you some links and you can add to the description in youtube
1: yeah description of this video yeah. 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 Okay. So
2: probably, um, if they Google my name, something mm-hmm. might show up.
1: Okay. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I will check that out, and then I'll put it. I'll put that on there as well. Okay. Cool.
0: Now you got to ask the big question, Suzanne.
1: Oh, <clears throat> how how Sadia?
0: It's going to change the world.
1: <laughs> how would what would you do if you ruled the world, Sadia? If you ruled the world today? With if the three of us were ruling the world. Or even
0: if you got little suggestions.
1: Yeah. Oh well. all no, right Well, let's we'll start with the big one, and then we'll go down to a little one. What would you do? What would you do to change the world and make the world a better place?
2: If I'm if I rule the world, probably I would just live a good life and be on a beach all day. This is what I would do if I was ruling the world. <laughs> but if it's about changing the world, I think people who rule the world cannot really change the world. Change comes from people who are not ruling the world because people who are ruling, yeah, the, the, their lived experiences are different and uh, change never comes from the ruling class. Uh, but okay, if I have that opportunity, probably I would want to make this world a more inclusive place. hmm as I mentioned earlier, where people can retain their identity, where people can be who they are, which is not homogenized. And uh, and yeah, I think diversity um, is the beauty of universe. It is the beauty of life. We love different flowers. We don't love the flowers that look alike or like, you know, the nature is diverse. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think I would want it to be a more inclusive place because um. I won't talk about tolerance because tolerance is bearing something. Inclusivity is different. So, and therefore when I see see issues related to social justice in Australia or social justice in US or Britain at the moment or Russia or India or Pakistan or whichever country you come from, most of those issues are related to this particular problem because we want everyone to be alike. Everyone cannot be alike.
1: Mm. Yeah.
2: So yeah, yeah. So why can't mm. we be who we are and celebrate the differences?
0: Yeah. Mm. I like
1: it. Mm. I there do like go. that. I like that. Well and how then? Okay, if that's if that's if we're looking at inclusivity, I guess mm-hmm. what do you have some advice that you would give our listeners today as to how they could help to become more inclusive? In their lives what could what could our listeners be doing today tomorrow to, to bring that more into their or their families' lives?
2: Uh, in my opinion um, living in a multicultural country like Australia where we do come across people from different cultures we do come across people from different nationalities, I think it's important to talk to people. Mm. When we talk to people we get to know them. When we talk to people, I think that's the point when we are able to break the stereotypes. We are able to break the preconceived notions that we have about, like, you know, people coming from different cultures or people coming from different gender identities or people coming from different socioeconomic backgrounds. Like, I'll give you this example, like, um, in Pakistan, because Pakistan is a very classist society in many ways. And growing up... uh, because obviously, like, you know, when you're a kid, you have a limited circle. You kind of live in a bubble, which has been created by your parents. And of course, when you are coming from a privileged uh, household, things are different. So growing up, I always have this notion of people who came from relatively underprivileged backgrounds. That like There was a specific picture that I had in my mind. Mm-hmm. When you grow up, when you talk to people, you're able to break those images that had that had been fed to you by the society, by your parents, or whoever is controlling the narrative. So I think it's important to talk to people, like we had this conversation, so today. So like, you know, even if you had any idea about women in Pakistan, and you do not have any idea about women in Pakistan, but now, like, probably you're going to think on those lines. So it's important that we talk. Yeah, very yes.
0: important. Um, yeah absolutely
2: yeah, yeah it's important to
1: talk about such yeah. a good answer and to come up with that on this one i love it and that's i mean yeah i Thanks. love it that's 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 what i'm i'm constantly i'm constantly telling my children as well to just have a conversation it never hurts to have a conversation exactly. and the worst the worst someone can say is no i don't want to talk to you or mm. you know and and that's okay yeah. but but if you don't if you don't start it especially in this world of texting and you know, everything just being in yeah. little snippets to actually ha- have conversations with people is,
2: yeah.
1: is so important.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's oh, so good. important. And I also think that, um, like, you know, in the, we're living in the age of internet. Mm. We can talk to anyone in any part of the world. Like, you know, we don't always need to go out and talk to people or people who are there on the local bubble tea shop or people who are there and your local cafeteria, so you can you can like even if you if you're not talking to someone, you can know a lot about different cultures. Just follow Instagram accounts, you know. It, it's it's so easy these days. And then I also think that people um, who are coming from different parts of the world now, the world has become a global village. And now I think that those boundaries and borders um, and the yeah that 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 because because people are moving to different parts of the world now like for example, you moving to US, someone else would be moving somewhere. I came from Pakistan, like from Pakistan, I was in Dubai, from Dubai, I was here. So uh, it's also important for people who are migrating to other countries, for example, like I would say for my community, like for example, Pakistanis are moving here to Australia. It's also important for the immigrants to assimilate in the new culture, to talk to people, not to stay contained within their particular communities. Mm -hmm. Which, which I think is a huge issue um, yeah. in the immigrant communities. Yeah. So, yeah. It usually it takes a better.
0: generation, doesn't it? Or some people are a bit more enlightened and do it a lot quicker than that. But the most kids of immigrants are just like everybody else it's it doesn't take that long
1: mm. but yeah <laughs> as you as you say there are
0: there are some exceptions to that that really stick to themselves yeah. and i agree that, that that's not a good thing
1: see i have a friend um one of my best friends from uni it was burmese and i remember mm. when she first invited me to a burmese festival it was the most fun and it was just so yeah. it, so enlightening just to be able to be immersed in a different culture and but you know it was only 40 minutes away sort of thing so i think that you know as you say if if on both sides we're talking and where we're learning about each other it just helps everyone and it really does help with that inclusivity
2: yeah of course it helps everyone like uh, most of my friends uh here in australia are local australians mm-hmm. i have only like you know very few friends who are from Pakistan but Mm. I feel that it has helped me evolve and grow a lot as a person because what I get to learn from them is something that I would probably not get to learn from like you know someone who's exactly like me yeah Mm. of course like you know there's no one exactly like you differences over there differences also exist within your community but I think if I was living in a bubble of my own community and not meeting people and not making friends, I think it would have been different. Mm -hmm. I don't think that in that case, I would have been able to do what I'm able to do now and above of all, like, you know, to be the person that I am today. Yeah. If I wasn't friends with people who are not from my culture. Yeah.
0: And when are we going to be able to call you Dr. Sadia? Ah,
2: this is a very, Good question, and <laughs> I don't know. Thank you. Um, ideally, it should be. Like yeah, it takes a while. It takes well, a while, and there's no timeline. Yeah.
1: Seeing as I can't, yeah. seeing as I can't currently listen to your podcast because I just don't know enough. You've
2: got to you gotta listen hard.
0: It's you cannot.
2: Uh, I'm, it. I'm so, It's not that hard. Now, now I'm more motivated to start my podcast for the Australian audience.
1: I yes, yes. yes. I, I would really. I, I better have it. I would really love you to, because otherwise, I—I I was going to say—I am very much looking forward to googling and seeing if I can find some of your writings, because I think you—you you sound like you'd have really interesting stories there, Sadia. I'd really love to read them.
2: Oh, thank you so much. It makes me feel so happy that you want to read whatever it's.
1: Definitely,
2: Thank you so much. definitely.
0: Now you've got uh, what seventy thousand Twitter followers. I don't know how many thousands of YouTube <laughs> followers. I don't know. No way.
1: You way, know, you're, yeah. like it's not.
0: You're not exactly <laughs> a. You know, no one knows you. But but how do people? How will people get hold of you um, from all over the place? Uh, to to I guess reading your Twitter account's interesting because it's it, you do cover what we've talked about a bit today. You, you've you're looking into really important issues. They're mostly related to Pakistan, but you do comment
1: more broadly, don't you? Aren't a lot of those in not in English as well? No.
2: Yeah, many of those are not in English. No, because yeah, I, looked,
1: are- I looked you up. I was on Twitter looking you up the other day as well, and I'm like, no, nope, can't understand these either. <laughs>
2: You, you, you've done your homework well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't understand any
2: of it. <laughs> I do of I'd better comment. do the same with my podcast. So yeah, it's like, you know, you, you've you looked up my Twitter, which is amazing. And I don't have 70,000 followers, by the way. I have around 65,000.
0: 69. So I hope 65.1. 65,
2: 65. Mm, really? Just okay. a while ago. Just, just about I the a same as
1: me. About the same as I
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, <you're wrong. laughs>
0: You're just yeah. So... <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, I'll
1: put. I'll. Put, I have to put up your Twitter account. And what yeah. are your main ways to follow you? Twitter and Twitter
0: and, and YouTube is the main ways, isn't it? YouTube, Instagram.
2: <clears throat> um, yeah. Yeah. Whatever you want. Instagram. Okay. Instagram. Okay. Yeah. okay
1: I'll
2: put yeah. those up. So, but I'm, I think that I'm. I'm like as far as my work is concerned. Uh, there's more of my work on which which I put is mostly it's on um, YouTube and Twitter. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and also on Facebook, um, and this is the only reason I have the Facebook account. I hate Facebook, and but I'm on Facebook because I have to post my work. <laughs> I need to be on all social media platforms, otherwise I hate Facebook with a passion. Again. Yeah.
0: And the novels on the way.
2: Oh. Um, in your spare time. I, I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be talking big in front of an author. <laughs> I better, I better eat the humble pie. Um, I don't, I don't consider myself a fiction writer. I no. tried doing it once. I wrote a small novel, but no, hmm. not very proud of it. Okay, yeah. we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so probably creative nonfiction is my thing. Political commentary and creative nonfiction. Yeah, yeah. that's my area. They're, pre-
0: they're pretty decent, heavy topics in themselves. So you can stick to that if you like.
2: She sounds pretty busy. Okay. <laughs> thank, you. thank you thank you so much for being that, thank you so
0: much for being that
2: generous. <laughs> All right. Well, Let me write what I want to write.
0: I knew it to be a little bit fiery, but it, it's been lovely. It's been lovely to see you and lovely to talk to you. and. Thanks so much for
1: being on our little
2: podcast.
1: Here. So nice to meet you. in.
2: thank t- you so much. Thank you so much. I had such a lovely time and it didn't feel like a podcast at all. So you people <laughs> are doing an amazing it's... job. <laughs> Is it really a podcast?
1: <laughs> we just we're just here for yeah. a chat and luckily we have a few people who like listening to us as well.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I really enjoyed this conversation and I think, um, and while having this conversation because I also have a podcast, I was thinking, I need to do something like this. (laughs) Because my podcast is very structured, I was like, no, no, this this is the way I should be like, you know, incorporating probably a few things that I steal from your podcast now.
0: I did offer to be a co-host with you, but you rejected me and Suzanne said, let's do it. there you go
1: <laughs> yeah no but i think i yeah i asked you you didn't ask me oh okay yeah
2: <laughs> okay.
1: oh what was that i think she I, I didn't hear that but i'm pretty sure she said that it's all that she really likes me better than you
2: now. yeah yeah oh. yeah the, the, no well yeah probably like you know 70 <laughs> percent that so when you began that i, I think said the for this podcast was to suzanne because i could have you approached richard to start the podcast so yeah you're Beautiful. the one
1: thank you so much sadia yeah. we'll just end it on that note thank you
2: <laughs> we can edit this bit i'm stopping recording now
1: bye everyone okay.